This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.49 Wednesday, the 7th of February, and you're listening to The Morning Run. Now, the government plans to introduce a proposal permitting international graduates to work here, aiming to address talent shortages particularly in engineering and technical fields. However, the Congress of Unions of Employees in the Public and Civil Services, or CUPEX, opposes the proposal, arguing that it not only undermines opportunities for locals, but also risks harming the country's investment in producing highly skilled graduates. It also carries the risk of potentially lowering wages and increasing unemployment among locals in the future. So how can a balance be achieved between addressing talent shortages while safeguarding the interests of local workers? For some insights on how this proposal may actually impact the SME sector, we speak to Dato William Ng, Chairman of the Small and Medium Enterprises Association, otherwise known as Samantha. Good morning, Dato William. Now, previously, Samantha had urged the government to permit international graduates to work in Malaysia, citing talent shortages. So what led to this call? Is there a perception that local graduates, uh, they aren't enough to meet industry demands? Oh, thank you. Um, we have been saying for a while now that there is a severe shortage of engineers and technicians, uh, especially in the semiconductor and, and uh, perhaps the medical devices industry. Uh, this is especially so uh, in Penang. Of course, we are trying very hard to keep our position among the top 10 uh, semiconductor producers in the world. And this shortage of engineers and technicians is, of course, uh, more acutely felt uh, by the SMEs because we're not just competing in Singapore uh, and the likes of US and, in, and of course, in recent years, uh, China. Uh, for such engineering talents. But as a semi, we are also competing with the MNCs and local uh, large companies. Fact is, uh, we produce about 5,000 engineers a year, but we estimate the shortage to be two, uh, perhaps three times of that number. And we also have to bear in mind that quite a number of these engineers that we produce every year are then pushed by, uh, say, Singapore. So clearly, we need to do something about it. So while the industry, of course, is trying our best to work with universities uh, to produce uh, more engineers, uh, the low-hanging fruit here really are the thousands of international students uh, who graduate each year in technical fields uh, like engineering, for example. So, you know, we have spent three to four years training these students. So instead of sending them uh, back to their own country, uh, I think we should instead tap them uh, for our own industry. And now, as we, we you talk about recently, the government talking about this reducing reliance, this is in line with what you're talking about, right? Or are there very different policy approaches here? Yeah, so we're not asking for a blanket uh, hiring of international students or, or foreign workers for the matter, but only in this case for specific sectors and, and very specific specializations, um, engineering and technicians in this case. So what I understand that you know, there, there will, of course, be Malaysians who would not like the idea. Uh, our proposal is strictly to solve the current uh, talent crunch uh, within the E&E sector. Again, uh, specific sectors, uh, specific specialization, and only for international students who have studied in Malaysia and understand our culture uh, and not just uh, any foreign worker. But is the solution in the longer term actually just raising wages here? Because as long as you wages are very low, you're always going to have Malaysians who decide to work overseas. Uh, that, that is absolutely uh, right as well. Mm. Uh, but there's also a huge uh, misconception that, um, that the industry especially the SMEs do not pay well. Uh, in Penang, for example, many SMEs are offering anything between 4,000 to 5,000 for fresh engineering graduates. Um, but yet, you know, we are unable to uh, to hire any engineers. Uh, it doesn't help that our currency um, keep uh, weakening against our neighbours. 
Uh, so no matter how much we, we continue to pay, as long as the currency keep weakening, uh, there's there's going to be a huge gap between what we can afford to hide, uh, to pay uh, versus what is uh, our neighbour uh, offering uh, to these talents. I guess the bigger question here is pay well is one issue, but also train well is also another issue, right? Which is what I think the opposition to all this policy is. That actually we're not investing in our graduates actually to train them well. When you hire someone in, they naturally don't fit into the job immediately. So they do need to have some investment there in upskilling, isn't it? In the role itself. Do you think sometimes the industries are too selective? That they want everything fit in like a jigsaw puzzle nicely, as opposed to investing in training? Again, I think that's, uh, that's a very valid point. Uh, there are indeed uh, some employers uh, who would rather not train um, um, and save the money. Mm. Uh, but having said that, uh, Malaysia, we have a very unique system. Uh, we have a levy in the form of a Shah DC. So then that makes us one of the very few countries in the world where training is not just compulsory, it's mandated through a levy. Uh, so to, to put a blanket statement to say that uh, employers don't train, I think that could be... Uh, slightly misleading, and especially the case in in the engineering sector, the EIE sector in Penang, uh, uh, the industry is working, and in fact, uh, the Penang Skills Development um, Centre (PSDC) is formed uh, by the industry, uh, the government, um, uh, so it's a private uh, public sector initiative, uh, specifically to train engineering and technician stand uh, to the uh, uh, graduates to the standards that are required by both the MNCs as well as the SMEs operating in that firm. So employers do train. Um, so sometimes it's not just um, uh, on the part of the employer. Uh, we also want to ensure that Malaysians continue to believe in training themselves. But there are critics of this plan, right? Um, and some of the criticism is directed in the sense that it will create competition with local graduates. How do we balance this though? I think the um, biggest problem here is the perception that the industry uh, meaning the businesses is only interested in hiring foreign workers because they are they are, they are cheaper, um, as as we have um, uh, raised earlier just now. Uh, I think that cannot be uh, further than the truth. Uh, hiring foreign workers is very disruptive to business. Uh, hiring them in itself is a challenge. You need all the permit, you need a health check, etc. And after you have trained them, their work permit can and do expire, and then you lose them to their home country. So in that sense, it is far more expensive to hire and invest in a foreign worker than you do with a local. So every business would naturally prefer to hire local talent. So that is true. We already have the mechanism in place to ensure local graduates are given the priority, uh, such as uh, as employers, you have to advertise on our future job. Uh, there's, there's also the 80-20 rule that is coming up that has been postponed, but uh, we're likely to come in force again um, next year to ensure that employers prioritize um, uh, local hires. So it'd be fair, um, the, the locals still have and we will have a huge advantage uh, over any uh, foreign workers or in this case, uh, uh, international graduates. Could you perhaps create what Singapore has, which is like they have a quota system, right? So much of a percentage can be foreign workers. They also insist that, you know, if the salary is above, let's say, a certain amount, it needs to be advertised on a website so that locals can first apply for that job. Are those some of the measures that we could perhaps incorporate to ensure fairness to all if we introduce this proposal? Oh, yeah, we're, we're doing that. Um, um, the, the My Future Job is something that you have to advertise on uh, prior to uh, even hiring any graduate. The government will look at it and say, no, have you actually advertised this for how long? Uh, what kind of salary you're offering? Has it been fair? And you have not done your best, then they're not going to approve uh, any foreign workers. for you. We're talking about foreign workers, not international um, uh, graduates in that case. And also uh, refer to the 80-20 rule, uh, i.e. for uh, 80% of your work, 
workers must be locals before you can hire 20% of the foreigners. So this rule has came about about three years ago. Uh, but the industry asked for the postponement because of uh, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And the government now, I think, uh, already told us that the intention is to is to implement and roll out this rule uh, beginning perhaps next year. Uh, so the industry is gearing towards that, saying that uh, we, we need to continue hiring um, local workers. But you, you also referred to those countries that are giving out uh, post-graduation uh, visa, like Singapore, for example. Uh, these visas tend to be short-term and non-renewable. Uh, and if you want to continue working beyond these visas, then you need to go through the general employment visa, which mm-hmm. of course are uh, much more stringent than the one that we're proposing the international, uh, the visa for the international students. But more importantly, you can see all these countries uh, have all benefited by having these visas and keeping these uh, trained talents uh, instead of letting them go. And since we are on the line, you know, how has been the SME sector performing uh, in January and also leading up to Chinese New Year? Um, uh, many of the SMEs, of course, telling us that January has been an excellent month. Uh, I think the sentiment is turning uh, very positive. Uh, costs are now uh, more manageable than, say, a year ago. I think the year of the dragon may, of course, be a good year for all, uh, as long as we keep the cost of doing business in check and uh, and continue to work on uh, our ease of doing business. All right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Dr. William Ng, Chairman of the Small and Medium Enterprises Association, otherwise known as Samantha Andring, ending ending the conversation, uh, telling us that the outlook for the Year of the Dragon seems to be improving, uh, but also commenting as to whether we should allow foreign graduates to work here in this country. And his answer is yes, because there is a shortage of talent. There's the demand. The outlook is good. So there's a need to actually fill it with workers. The question is, do you pay well? Do you train well? And there are ecosystems and infrastructures in place to support that already. Yeah. uh, You know, we have this chicken and egg, right? If we continue to pay badly, we underemploy our graduates, then many will actually opt to either not work in the field they're trained for or actually just leave the country. So these are some of the structural issues that we need to confront ourselves with. Uh, but before we head into the 8am news bulletin, quick message. Standard Chartered has been in Malaysia for 149 years and consumer banking is an important area for them. Catch our conversation with Samir, Managing Director and Head of Consumer, Private and Business Banking at Standard Chartered Bank Malaysia to learn more about how the bank is maintaining its edge in consumer banking and how Standard Chartered differentiates itself from the competition by serving clients across life stages, leveraging open architecture and investing in cutting-edge digital wealth solutions. Tune in today at 9.15am. Up next, the news bulletin, and that's going to be followed by The Breakfast Grill, where I sit down with Yong Chen Lim, CEO of Miasat Satellite Systems. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.